Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Why do Jewish people typically not think of Jesus as Jewish? Why do Jewish people typically cringe at the thought that Jesus was Jewish. And verse 6 is the answer. The answer is verse 6. I am a reproach of men. I am a reproach of Jewish people. Of Jewish people. I am a herpa of men. I am a shame to my people. They are ashamed of me. He's still ashamed to the Jewish people. They never say, he's one of ours. They don't say that. What an amazing statement that the, that, that the Jewish people still think of the Lord of glory, the Lord Jesus, as a shame to Israel, or herpa. What an amazing statement that after 2,000 years, they still see him as a shame. So this statement in verse 6, I am a shame of men, it shows us that, it shows us something. It shows us that, that, that there's going to come a fulfillment of a, of a prophecy in Romans 11.26. In Romans 11.26, it says, all Israel shall be saved. So that's a day that's coming when every Jewish person who will be alive or survive, uh, and, and, and only one third will survive, that they will all be saved. And, and so the term remnant's not gonna have any meaning anymore because all Israel shall be saved. And when will that occur? When will that happen? And how will you know when all Israel shall be saved? And it's all tied up in verse six. It's all tied up in verse six. Now, Today, we can say that all Israel views Jesus as a shame, a shame to the Jewish people. And so if, and so if you want to think of it like a meter, okay, a saved meter, all right? And today, the saved meter for the Jewish people, it's pegged all the way in the red zone, you know, the zone that says lost. The zone that says lost and the zone, that, the zone of the meter that also said, says Jesus is viewed as a shame. So lost. And Jesus is viewed as the same. Shame. That's the way the meter is saved. Well, when, that, when is that saved meter going to swing all the way over to the other side and the other side, the saved side, the saved side of the meter? And, and, and when that's going to happen, then the Jewish people are going to view the Lord Jesus as the opposite of a shame. Well, what is the opposite of a shame? That's on the other side of the, uh, of the saved meter here. It's labeled the saved side. What is the opposite of the saved? Uh, it's, it's, it says over there, Jesus is, is, is viewed with respect, with honor, with praise, with pride. We're proud of him. And, and, and that's what's marked on the other side of the saved meter. So on the other side of the saved meter, we have, to, we, we have where the Jewish people are, are right now. They're on the, on the wrong side. They're ashamed of the Lord Jesus but when they all get saved in Romans eleven twenty six, then the Lord, then then the Jewish people are going to respect 
the Lord Jesus. They're gonna honor him. They're gonna praise him. They're gonna say, he's one of ours. Then the Jewish people will say, put Jesus of Nazareth at the top of that best Jews list. The best Jews who ever lived. He's, he, he's so much on the top, don't put anybody else after him. Yeah? And, and then that's when the needle's gonna peg out on the safe side. When, when it all swings over to the safe side, and, and that needle's gonna swing over so fast, it's probably gonna break off. Yeah? And, and if you wanna see what it looks like, you wanna see what it really looks like, when, well, well uh, you, you, all you have to do is just look at Isaiah 9, 6. A very, very, very famous verse. Very, very famous verse. Where, Isaiah 9, 6, where it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us the son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So when this saved meter swings all the way over to the saved side for the Jewish people, the Jewish people are going are, are, are gonna to do the opposite of Psalm 22, verse 6, of verse 6 of Psalm 22. Right now, verse 6 of Psalm 22, they see him as a shame of the people. But that day, they're going to be shouting out Isaiah 9, 6, and they're going to say something like, hey, everybody, look, look, unto us a child is born, the most important Jewish child that was ever born. He's one of ours. <laughs> they're going to say, hey, everybody, will you just look at this? This Jewish boy that was born was really the son that was given. This was God the Son. He was given to us by God the Father to be a Jewish child that was born to us. It's going to be, hey, everybody, this Jewish boy has the governments of the worlds on his shoulder. And we're going to hear all the Jewish people shout out loud, hey, world, this Jewish boy is the wonderful counselor. We go to him for all of our needs. He gives us wonderful counsel from God. He's better than King Solomon. And the Jewish people are going to say, hey, this Jewish man is the mighty God. This Jewish man is called the everlasting father. You can't tell the difference between him and the everlasting father and God the father. Why, this Jewish man is God. I mean, God came to man as man, a Jewish man. Shazam, that's what they're going to say. <laughs> so it's going to be this great respect this great praise, this great adoration. All the Jewish people are going to look on Jesus and they're going to say, for all of our existence, we have longed for peace. And not just us, the whole world has longed for peace. There's never been peace. And now this Jewish man has brought peace to the world and he is the prince of peace. That's what they're going to say. And when all the Jewish people talk like that about the Lord Jesus, that's the opposite of verse 6. Uh, where the Lord Jesus will never be seen as a shame of the Jewish people, but from that point on, the Jewish people will see the Lord Jesus as their ultimate pride and joy, their ultimate pride and joy of the Jewish people. And the Jewish people be, will be right behind the Lord Jesus Christ, and they'll say, don't call us Jewish people anymore. Call us Jesus people. Because <laughs> we are the original Jesus people. I don't know about that hippie stuff. We are the Jesus people. That's what's going to happen. And when all that happens, when the Jewish people do that, the Lord Jesus is going to, going to see the fulfillment of Matthew 23, 39. Matthew 23, 39, where he says, I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth till you shall say, blessed is he that comes, you know, cometh in the name of the Lord. That means that, that they will say that about the Lord Jesus. They will say, he comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, Jesus is their Messiah sent from God. And, and, and that's gonna be such a wonderful day that, that, it, 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 that, that, that uh, it's talked about in Zechariah 13.9. Zechariah 13.9, when God talks about this, he says, I'll bring the third part through the fire. 
I'll refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. And they shall call on my name and I will hear them. And I will say, it is my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. Now, that is not just talking about God. That's talking about God, Jesus, is saying this. And it's going to happen when the Jewish people are going to say to, to, to Jesus, the Lord Jesus is our God. And in response, the Jewish people are going to say to, God is going to say to about them, it's my people. Yes, they are the Jesus people. That's what's going to happen. And, and when that happens, the saved meter is going to go way on the other side, and they're going to be in, in the saved zone, and, and, and God Jesus is going to be so happy that in Zephaniah, Zephaniah 3.17, Zephaniah 3.17, it says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. We've been singing tonight. This is where God, the only place in the Bible where it talks about God is going to sing. God, Jesus, is going to sing over the Jewish people. He's going to be so happy. And, 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 and not only is God going to sing all the, the, uh, over them, but God's going to call on other people to sing for joy in Jeremiah 31.7. Jeremiah 31.7. For thus saith the Lord, sing with gladness for Jacob. Shout among the chief of the nations. Publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people. The Lord is going to turn to others and he's going to say, don't just stand there, sing. <laughs> sing, sing for the joy over the Jewish people as they've come home, and now they're calling themselves the Jesus people. But on the cross, and today, the saved meter is pegged out on the wrong side, on the lost side, on the shame side, as they see the Lord Jesus, and, and he says in Psalm 22:6, I am a shame, I am a reproach of men. Now, he further looks at the people, and he realizes that not only is he the shame of the Jewish people, but he said, I am despised of the people. I am despised. Now, this is referring to, to, to again, the, the, the people that are below him, and it shows us how sensitive he was on the cross. He's feeling it. He's really feeling it. He's feeling this being despised. It really hurt him. It hurt the Lord Jesus because, again, it's the opposite of, of, of what, what will be the opposite. It, 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 so we talked about the shame. This is the despise. And then on the, in Luke 2.32, Luke 2.32, the prophecy about him is, Luke 2.32, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. So what did this happen? Joseph and Mary, they had brought the baby Jesus to Jerusalem for him to be circumcised like prescribed on the law on the eighth day. And there in Jerusalem was an old man. He was there at that time. His name was Simeon. He was a godly man. He longed for, he prayed for, he hoped for what is called the consolation of Israel. In other words, the coming of the Messiah. And so the Lord indicates to this old man, Simeon, that you're not going to die until you have seen the Lord's Messiah. So there he is. He's old. He's in Jerusalem. And the day when baby Jesus is brought into Jerusalem for the circumcision and Simeon comes along, he takes up the baby Jesus in his arms. In Luke 2.28, Luke 2.28, it says, Then took he him up in his arms, blessed God, and said, Now, Lord, Lord, now lettest thou, thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Mine eyes have seen thy Yeshua. Thine eyes, mine eyes have seen thy Jesus, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. 
And when Simeon knew that the time had come for him to die because he had seen God's salvation, he said about him, he is the glory of God's people, of the Jewish people. He called the Lord Jesus the glory of the Jewish people. What did that mean? You know, I've got a book in my library. It's called, uh, written by a Jewish Holocaust survivor. And the title of the book is, When Being Jewish Was a Crime. And, and the book was written by Rachmel Friedland. And he was a Polish Jew. It was not great to be a Polish Jew. But anyway, it shows that how he, how he along with many other Jews, were, were by definition criminals by the Germans, by the Nazis, just for being Jewish. And what's so great about Rachmel Friedman is that his life just kind of became a condensed history of the Jewish people. I mean, it's like, kind of like Paul, who said that he was a pattern that the Jewish people are going to follow. So Rachmel Friedman, he was an Orthodox Jew. He was raised in all the traditions of the Talmud. And, and, and simply because he was Jewish, he was a criminal. And, and Rachmel Friedman, Friedman it, it wasn't good to be a Jew in Nazi Germany, and well, in that case, in Poland, during the Nazi occupation. And, and it, wasn't, it, 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 well, it wasn't even great to be a Jew before the Nazi occupation of Poland. Poland was, anyway, an anti-Semitic country. And, and that's the way it was being Jewish in, in many countries. It's not, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, it, it, it's not great because of anti-Semitism. Today, it's becoming less and less great to be Jewish because of the growing anti-Semitism. It's not great to be a Jew in France because of the, the anti-Semitism in France, the extreme Islamists. It's not great today to be a Jewish student, student on the U.S. campuses, on the college campuses because of the growing anti-Semitism. And that's why Rockmills Friedman's title of his book is so relevant because it has been the same in Egypt and Spain and Russia and Babylon and Germany and Europe when being Jewish was a crime. But, but the life of Rachmel Friedman is, is a prophecy of the Jewish people because during World War II, Rachmel Friedman found the Lord Jesus Christ. He found the Savior. And, and after that, he became a pastor of two churches. And, and, and he became a believer. And that was great because he was so happy now it, it, to, to be from the same people as the Lord Jesus Christ. See, after, after Rachmel Friedman came to faith in the Lord, he was proud to be among the people, uh, a Jew that Jesus was. He gloried in the Lord Jesus. He didn't, sh- it wasn't a shame to him. It was his pride and his joy and his glory. That's prophetic of the Jewish people. As all the Jewish people, they're gonna follow right in line with Rachmel Friedman, who found the Lord Jesus as his glory. But, but in verse six, the Lord Jesus is not looked at and admired. He's not looked at and adored. He's not looked at and worshiped. He's just the opposite when he says, I am despised of the people. That means that the people looked down on him. They counted him as something very low and despicable. I told you about the last, the, the last trip I took to Israel and I was alone there at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem and the sun was blazing hot. It was over 100 degrees. And, and, and there was this man dressed in black, an Orthodox man, and he was reading on his chair all by himself in the sun. And I went up to him and said, you know, aren't you hot? Anyway, and... and uh, and at that moment, you know, I, I, he was reading the book of Deuteronomy. And, and, at that, and so I, I felt like I was Philip, and the Jewish man was the Ethiopian eunuch. And, and I went up to him, and I wanted to ask him the same question that Philip asked the Ethiopian eunuch. as He was sitting there, you know, the, the, the Ethiopian eunuch was reading the book of Isaiah in, in Acts 8.30. In Acts 8.30, it says, Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? So I asked this Jewish man, this Orthodox Jewish man, what he was reading. He showed me it was the book of Deuteronomy, and I asked him, do you understand what you're reading about? <laughs> well, 
<laughs> this book, you should have seen it, was like, because uh, uh, the top third of it in relatively small font were the words of Deuteronomy. But the bottom third of every page in much larger font, twice as big, were, were, were the commentator Rashi, misleading him anyway. So I, I told him, I said, well, you know, the book of Deut- Deuteronomy is all about the Lord Jesus Christ, I told him. And, 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 and you can't understand the book of, of, of Deuteronomy without seeing the Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting, because when I said that great name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he turned his head and spit on the ground and said, please. So, okay, well, maybe he's coughing or something. And so next time I said the great name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he did the same thing. Turned his head and spit and said, please. That's how the Lord Jesus had been viewed for the last 2,000 years by his own people in Psalm 22.6, I am despised of the people, spit despised. And this level of being despised is what is referred to and as, as, as in, when it was written in Hebrews 10.29, Hebrews 10.29, of how much sore a punishment suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified and a holy thing trodden underfoot the Son of God, counted the blood of the covenant an unholy thing. That's a picture of verse 6. I am despised of the people. So this word despised, it's the same word that's used in Isaiah 53.3. Isaiah 53.3, when it says, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Actually, this verse in Isaiah 53.3 here, this is actually the Jewish people looking at the Lord Jesus. And first they look at him, and they describe how he is generally seen or viewed in in Isaiah 53.3. He is despised and rejected of men. He's despised for 2,000 years. He's been despised. He's on the cross. He said, I am despised of the people. Then the same Jewish people describe who was despising him in the same verse. When they say, we hid as it were our faces from him, he was despised. We esteemed him not. It's like a confession of sin there where, where the Jewish people, when they repent, they say, we hid as it were our faces from him. We esteemed him not. And the Jewish, Jewish people, they also saw his face, and they despised him. And as they saw his face, they, they, they reported in that same verse of Isaiah 53, 3, I see a face of a man of sorrows. I, I see a, a face of a man acquainted with grief. That's what they saw in his face, sorrow and grief. It reminds us of the brothers of Joseph who saw Joseph's face when they, when, when they threw Joseph into the pit in the desert to die from no water in the pit. And, and, and they said later about that time that what they couldn't get out of their minds was Joseph's face. We saw his face. And, and, and then they talk about it in Genesis 42.21. Genesis 42.21, when they were speaking among themselves, they said one to another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother and that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us that we would not hear. So the brothers of Joseph here, they're confessing that they saw the anguish of Joseph's soul. They saw it in his face when Joseph was begging them, don't kill me, and he re- they refused to hear. And on the face of the Lord Jesus, the people saw the sorrow and the grief. That was the sorrow and the grief from the feeling that the Lord Jesus, yes, of how they viewed him, but, but more what penetrated his soul was his sense that he had failed 
in his mission. He, 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 he was sorry over that. He felt grief over that because he took it very seriously from God the Father when God the Father sent him on a mission, bring back Israel, bring back the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And he talked about that in Isaiah 49.4, Isaiah 49.4, when he said, then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, I wasted my time. I wasted my time. He goes on, yet surely my judgment was with God and my work with, with my God. And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. As God the Father says, though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord. My God, my God shall be my strength. And he said, it's a light thing that thou should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation, my Jesus, my Yeshua unto the end of the earth. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and to his whole, and his Holy One, to whom, Holy One, to whom man despiseth. I am despised of the people, verse six. To him whom the nation abhorreth, I am ashamed to the Jewish nation. I am a reproach of men. To a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise. Princes also shall worship because the Lord that is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, he shall choose thee. Yet, God says, yet, have I set my king, Psalm 2, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree, the father says. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten begotten thee. Ask of me, I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Goes on and on, such a decree. And then he turns at the end of Psalm, Psalm 2 and he says, let me give you some advice. Kiss the son, kiss him, lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little, just a little. He says in Psalm, in, in Psalm 110, he says, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And so the Lord Jesus has, uh, he's now on the cross, he's feeling very sensitive, he's feeling very, uh, he, took, he took very seriously the mission that God gave him to bring the Jewish people back to God. And he feels as though he's failed. He says, I've labored in vain, I've spent my strength for naught and in vain. And, 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 and the reason is, is because of verse two, six here, because he says, he says, I am the one whom man despises. I am the one whom the nation abhors. I am, in verse six, despised. I am a reproach and despised of the people. Reproach of men and despised of the people. So this is verse six. This is verse six. That's what we've covered now. Uh, we'll, we'll continue in our next time together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for parting with and for bruising so great a person as the Lord Jesus. And um, Lord, we pray that what we have seen tonight would be steam in our engine, Lord, to motivate us to uh, not give up, but continue, Lord, to bring the gospel to your people, knowing that the day is coming when they'll all be saved and the meter will swing in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. 
You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104. 619-599-1104 or sign up at reachisrael.com that's reachisrael.com what are you doing sunday nights join friendship with god radio bible teacher tom Cantor of the friendship with god fellowship church every sunday night at 5 30 p.m at the creation and earth history museum in santee california Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 